Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1439, Get Rid of Half of Your Stuff by Tynan of Tynan.com. And I'm Justin Mollick, your personal narrator, reading to you with permission from the authors. Today's episode continuing the minimalism theme from yesterday, but I cover lots of topics like personal development or self-help, mindfulness, happiness, anything that I think can help you live a more meaningful life in just a few minutes every day. And with that, let's get right to it as we optimize your life. Get Rid of Half of Your Stuff by Tynan of Tynan.com. I had to double and then triple check this, but apparently I've never written a post on minimalism before. Then again, I live in an RV smaller than your walk-in closet, so I don't suppose this post will come as a surprise to anyone. Still, it's probably worth writing a few paragraphs about it for anyone who is considering paring down but has some lingering objections to it. Back when I was a professional gambler and made a ton of money, I did what anyone with a lot of money would do. I bought a house. My house was about 1,800 square feet, which isn't a big house by today's standards, but is quite a lot of space for one person. What I didn't consider was that a house comes bundled with pressure to fill it with stuff. So I did. I bought tables, couches, chairs, beds, knickknacks, plants, pots, pans, dishes, and four robotic lawnmowers. I converted one of the rooms into a movie theater and another into a warehouse to store all of my stuff. If I wasn't a compulsive shopper, I was at least an enthusiastic one. All the while, I never really thought about the end game of all this stuff. I knew how to get it into my life, but never really considered how I'd get it out eventually. I was first confronted with disposing of some of my stuff when I moved into a loft downtown. It was modern, which means that it was just three big rooms that blurred into each other and no real storage space. Some of my stuff had to go. The burden of selling and giving everything away was huge. It consumed days of my life. For the first time ever, I was inconvenienced by consumerism. And along with the downsides of consumerism, I also began to see the upsides of minimalism. Even though I had only half as much stuff as I used to have, my life in the condo was the same. I realized that all of the stuff I had didn't really contribute to my happiness as I expected it might have. Later that year, I had to help my parents move. That added a few more points to the minimalism column, especially after they wouldn't let me hire a day laborer to do my share of the work. But my first real experience with hardcore minimalism was when Todd and I set off on Life Nomadic in 2008. I would have brought a medium-sized bag, but Todd suggested small ones instead. I agreed and soon we both got rid of anything we owned that didn't fit into our 28 liter backpacks. For months, my heart would randomly skip a beat and I'd think, oh no, did I remember to sell my extra TV? 
And then I realized that if it wasn't in the backpack, I didn't own it anymore. Since then, I've remained a minimalist. In some ways, I've become even more extreme. My backpack is now only 22 liters. I have one pair of pants, two shirts, one pair of sandals, and two pairs of underwear. And a tuxedo, but I never wear that. The interior of my RV is a bit excessive, but I consider working on the RV to be more of a hobby than anything else. And at the end of the day, having an extra monitor hanging from the wall or a huge inverter under the stove doesn't inconvenience me in any way. I've never seen an example of someone becoming a minimalist and then reverting to having a lot of stuff. It's one of those changes that's scary to make, but once you get there, you can't really imagine doing anything else. So what's so great about minimalism? Well, the two areas of your life that do contribute to happiness are increased, freedom and time. The less stuff you have, the easier it is to move around, whether it's a two-week trip to Japan or a permanent move to Boston. You get to make decisions based on real factors, not based on the hassle of schlepping your stuff around with you. This week, I'm selling a bunch of stuff on eBay and meeting buyers and shipping is dominating my time. That's just one way that stuff steals your time. You have to organize it, clean it, buy it, repair it, look for it, and consider replacing it. For a few items, that's not a big deal, but when you have a whole house, it adds up fast. I find it minorly stressful to be in someone's house who has a lot of stuff because all I can think of is the chunk of one's life it would take to dispose of it. If you wanna try out minimalism, I suggest you set a goal of getting rid of half of your stuff. I have almost nothing, and I know that even I could live happily without half of my possessions. Throw away things that aren't worth anything, eBay things that are worth a lot, and give away what's left over. You don't have to count every single item you own, just keep a mental goal of half in your head. For bigger items that you just can't bear to give away, like a car or bicycle, give it a trial by entrusting it to your friend for a couple months. My guess is that after a couple months, you'll have practically forgotten about it. And if not, maybe it's something you ought to keep. After selling my first load of stuff, the two things I missed were my RV and my electric skateboard, so I rebought both of them. The reason I'm not trying to convince you to get rid of everything is because I know it's a nearly inevitable result of starting the process. I've seen it many times. Getting all of that stuff out of your life and your mind is addictive. The good kind of addictive, like how you supposedly get a runner's high when you run a lot. You just listened to the post titled Get Rid of Half of Your Stuff by Tynan of Tynan.com. Thank you to Tynan. He has a very unique perspective, probably one of the most minimalist authors I narrate. Colin Wright would probably be another. They both have a limited number of items. I think Colin only has stuff that he can carry on him, so a very limited number of items. Although it's possible that's changed by now. But no need for extremes, just simply thinking about this concept of living with a little bit less and understanding that it's probably more likely that more stuff is actually hindering happiness. That's a revelation for most people. Because when you consider all those things he said, the time and money of buying, maintaining, repairing, replacing, and even thinking about all these things is usually not pleasant, it's a stressor. And really having more time and money, that's freedom to do more fun things and spend more time with people you want to be around, that's way more important. So definitely think about it seriously, consider it. But that should do it for today. Hope you're having a great day and I'll be back tomorrow as usual where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, 
come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.